As godly parents, our goal should be to exemplify the love of God to our kids. Yet under the umbrella of love comes discipline and other things that aren't always easily associated with love today. So this is where it gets tricky. Scripture inextricably links love to discipline. But in order to apply discipline, we must first establish truth. And then there's the issue of when and how to apply grace to that truth. And while many parents err on the side of emphasizing truth at the expense of grace, others emphasize grace at the expense of truth, which often leads to being overly permissive. So, if we're going to model the love of Christ to our kids, we have to find the balance between truth and grace. And that's after we've properly defined and understood all the terms. Confused yet? Well, today we'll find the love in discipline that balances between truth and grace, a formula that will increase your chances of a successful parent-child relationship. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome, confused parents, to <laughs> Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosal, and our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and the director of Shepherds Hill. And Trace, as confusing as that whole introduction was, how often have you found yourself so set on enforcing the truth about one issue or another with your kids that your emotions just got the best of you and kind of clouded any truth that you were trying to get across to your kids. You got a calculator? Uh, <laughs> you know, to be perfectly honest with you, Rich, uh, I found myself having more patience and grace with other people's kids uh, than I did with my own. Yeah. And, and the reason is is just what you said. You know, when it's your own flesh and blood, you know, I think we have a tendency to, to, to take things a bit more personal mm -hmm. and we expect a greater degree of, dare I say, perfection from our kids. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and me, after all, as parents, we have a tremendous investment of love and time and prayer and nurture, teaching, mentoring, catering, doctoring, financial investments, which all culminate in a great deal of emotional energy expended in this little chip off the old block that, for good or ill, is a representative of your family name and, uh, and an emblem of, of who you are as a parent. But when we routinely spew the truth without grace, without even considering their feelings, I think we diminish our chances of having the relationship uh, with our kids that, that we could have otherwise had. The same is true when, when discipline is involved. Uh, we don't ever want to let a foolish method ever overshadow a wise principle. When my oldest son was young, I, I thought I was being funny uh, by saying things like, you know, I'm not interested in seeing you alive until the grass is mowed. Uh, well, that fly. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> not well. I, I, it, it seemed like it was going fine. <laughs> but one day I found out that he never thought it was as funny as I thought it was. Uh, and had I said it in jest, you know, just a few times, you know, over the course of his, of his childhood, maybe that would have been a different thing. But uh, not all that big a deal. But according to him, it had become a little bit more routine than I realized. Uh, I meant nothing by it. Uh, but because I had gotten too sloppy and comfortable with the truth, he wasn't able to see any grace in the equation. So uh, my method had, had overshadowed, my poor method had overshadowed any principle, uh, good principle mm -hmm. that I was trying to get across. And the crazy thing is, my other kids, you know, for the most part, saw the humor in it. They saw the jest, and uh, when I say similar things, it didn't bother them a bit. I even asked them as adults. So what's the lesson here? Well, the lesson here is 
you know, every kid's different. Yeah. Uh, parents say, I raised my kids all the same. They turn out different. And I said, they, they turn out different because you raised them all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom and, line. And, and I've had similar issues with my kids. We're talking about different things. And my, my son, uh, my youngest son once said to me recently, you know, dad, it would be a lot more helpful if, if rather than your, you know, supposedly holding me accountable to do this certain thing, might ask, you know, how can I come alongside and help you with this? Because in that case, you're encouraging me to do right. Mm -hmm. But based on how it came out of your mouth, yeah. it was like, why aren't you doing yeah. right? And and I think we sometimes get get our priorities out of order and we hold ourselves to a different standard than mm -hmm. we're holding our kids to because we want the best for them, but we want grace for us. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, I'm not going to field the question of how to fix this because <laughs> that's why we invite guests on because yes. that way we can we can pass the hard questions on to them. Right. And today's guest we think might be uh, the perfect fit for this conversation. His name is Dan Seaborn, and Dan is director of the Marriage and Family Division of the American Association of Christian Counselors. He's also the founder of the organization Winning at Home, something we all want to do. And he's author of the new book, his 12th book, by the way. It's called Parenting with Grace and Truth, in which he shares why Jesus is the example to follow when it comes to parenting. Dan has been a featured speaker at various churches and large-scale events such as Promise Keepers Weekends, American Association of Christian Counselors Conferences, and University Assemblies. Now, he founded Winning at Home back in 1995, and uh, their organization produces media resources and hosts special events to help develop marriages and families. And by the way, he and his wife, Jane, have four children of their own, and they currently live in West Michigan. Well, Dan, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast, brother. Thank you so much, uh, Trace, Rich, both of you listening to you. I find myself thinking, they don't need a guest. They got good stuff going on here. I just want, <laughs> I want to keep listening because the things and the thoughts that you're sharing are very powerful. And I just appreciate the program you do there with Licensed to Parent and also founding Shepherd's Hill. Thank you so much, Trace, for seeking the Lord and oh, following his guidance. Uh, having founded Winning at Home myself, I, I know and appreciate what you have done and just respect what you're doing to make a difference in the lives of parents and specifically mm -hmm. teens to give them a reboot, if you will, for knowing how to live in this world we live in. So bless you for your ministry. Well, mm, bless you for saying that. I, I, we certainly appreciate what you do. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your, your book and, and, and why you wrote it. Well, uh, the whole purpose of this book is really to bring a little bit of maybe insight and thought to parents in terms of how to balance grace and truth, because I was a youth pastor for many years, and I was one of those parents, and I had four kids at the time. They were younger, and I watched all these teens. You know, the Lord blessed me with, with a youth group that grew quite large, and so I saw all sorts of students, all sorts of family relationships, and I was convinced, having done that and, and having raised my kids through the youth group, that my kids were just going to be perfect, and I was going to be that parent who everybody looked up to and said, wow, I wish my kids could be like his kids, and... Wow, the Lord had a different plan for me. Uh, I have four children. They're age 31 to 22 now. Uh, my 31 and 28-year-old are sons, and they're both serving the Lord in ministry. They're pastors. And then I have two daughters. They are 26 and 22, and both of them went through some hard times. But my youngest one in particular, about six years ago, uh, went wayward, uh, got into the drug lifestyle, got into a lifestyle that absolutely tore my heart out. Um, this book is a little bit of a reflection on what I went through and how the Lord helped me and my wife seek Him and learn to balance grace and truth because 
uh, we needed his guidance and help through this very difficult time. I think most parents know the importance of truth uh, and enforcing the truth in their home. I think they know that's important, at least as they understand it. Uh, but, but grace is a bit fuzzier. Uh, how does a parent know how to exercise the balance between the two? Well, I think you're right in, in making the first observation because it's really easy for us as parents, especially those of us involved in the church a long time, serving in ministry, et cetera, it's easy to become legalistic without even mm-hmm. without even spotting it about ourselves. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of the blind spots of people who walk in faith is we can become very legalistic. And so I tried to, through this book, recognize what it means as a dad who does adhere to all the guidelines of the Bible. What does it look like for me, though, to show grace to my daughter? What does it look like for me to still have that uh, extended arm that says, baby, I, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I don't agree with what you're doing but your dad is always going to have an open arm to you and grace Mm -hmm. to you. And that's what Jesus modeled for us. He never condoned sin or or said, let's be sinful, but he certainly came to die and to reach out to those who were living in a sinful lifestyle who needed to be reconciled to him. And so for me, it was more of an issue of making sure I never severed the tie to my daughter. I, I never lost relationship with her, even though we were in total disagreement on how she was living. And the grace part of that, the relationship through Christ that he gave me uh, with her was very powerful. That came from uh, a time of me honestly listening almost every night, uh, just a time of listening to him, asking him to guide me on how to help Anna. How do I help her without enabling her? Mm -hmm. And I believe the Lord showed me that kind of thought and that kind of guidance. And so I tried to put it down in words to help parents who were going through those kind of times. Dan, there seems to be a, a big emphasis on, quote, grace-based parenting. And, um, and though it sounds noble and nice, uh, what are some common traps parents can fall into when they've bought into an unbalanced view of grace-based parenting? Well, I think when we overextend grace, what we're kind of saying is, hey, kids, do whatever you want. God mm-hmm. will always cover us, and we'll always cover you. And so we've become parents who make excuses. We've become parents who uh, allow our children to get involved in a lot of things they shouldn't get involved in. And so... I think there's a balance of not going that way as well. I, I, I actually believe that's a trend that we see among the Christian church in general. If, if you know, I'm, I'm 56, so growing up, if it was much more of a legalistic style of worship and legalistic style of preaching, then it has swung to the other side of the pendulum, and now it's so grace-filled that we forget there is going to come in a day of accountability. Right. And so for me, it's balancing those two. And that's what this book really is focused on. If you take the Ten Commandments. Okay, if you just say, okay, well, that's what we're going to live by, period. That's the law. Well, Jesus came along and said, that is the law, but watch how I can soften it with my grace and my love. And so, to me, the beautiful part of parenting effectively is when we understand we teach our children, these are principles, these are guidelines we will adhere to, and we're going to do it with grace and love. The best way I can describe what that looked like in my home was we developed what we call mom and dad rules of the home, six little principles that we had prayed about, we had talked to some parents who we thought were very effective in their parenting methods, and we established it, and we put it up on a little mantle, we put it in a little, you know, a little piece of our home, and you could see it and see the guidelines and the rules, and we taught these little rules to our children growing up. For example, one of them is uh, put-ups, no put-downs. In other words, in our home, we're not going to allow you to put each other down. It, It will not be a home where we disgrace each other or say bad things about each other, so if they did that, we corrected it. That took time. That took effort. That took energy. 
but we believed it was something that we wanted to instill in our children. And so we founded these guidelines and rules that we would call the commandments of our home, and then we balanced them with, as we grow, we will all fail at these things, we will all struggle with these things, and we'll forgive each other, and we'll move on, and we'll have grace in our home. So that was a practical way that balance and grace and truth became a real reality in our home. And, and I should tell you that when our daughter Anna uh, decided one day, she said to me, Dad, I don't want to live by those guidelines and those rules anymore. And I said, well, I, I've, I never wanted to kick my children out of my home. So my children would have to make a choice if they don't want to follow those guidelines and rules. What they're basically saying is, we don't want to live here anymore. And that was her decision. Mm-hmm. She made the decision. She didn't want to live by those guidelines and rules. And I said, well, then you can't live here anymore. So in effect, in effect, she kicked herself out of the home. And I remember about five years into this terrible time of her being away and, and messing her life up terribly, um, I remember she, she came home, and this has been within the last year and a half. She came home, and one day we were in the kitchen, and I said to her, just me and her, and I said, Anna, why did you come back? What made you come back home? She literally walked over and she picked up these little guidelines, these little rules. She picked them up in her hand and she said, Dad, right here is why I came home. You proved I knew there was a true. place where there were some guidelines and rules that you stood for and you would not deter from, but you did it lovingly. And I wanted to come back because that place is safe for me. Safe. And the world I went to is not safe for me. Absolutely. And I, I remember I cried because I was like, okay, that's the balance. You, you need these standards. You need these offense, if you will, around your life. And you want that fence now. Used to, you saw it as a fence that was keeping you from going out there and joining everything. Now you see it as a fence of protection. And so as parents, uh, sometimes the rules and guidelines we lay down for our kids, they will not like. That's guaranteed. You can guarantee it. It will happen. But if you're faithful to it and stick by it, as they mature and as, you know, the Bible teaches, the prodigal son came to his senses. My, My daughter came to her senses. And when they come to their senses, which is one of the things you're doing there at Shepherd Seal, you're helping those kids come to their senses. Mm-hmm. And when they do, they will look and realize, oh, oh, these guidelines are for my protection, not to keep me from getting to do what I shouldn't do. Amen. We're talking today with Dan Seaborn, director of the Marriage and Family Division of the American Association of Christian Counselors, founder of the organization Winning at Home, and author of the book that we're discussing today, Parenting with Grace and Truth. Uh, You can find Dan online at winningathome.com. You can find his books on Amazon, christianbook.com, lifeway.com, and most likely wherever fine books are sold. We've got to take a quick break on License to Parent, but we'll be back with more conversation with our guest, Dan Seaborn, in just a moment. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, 
Addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and you can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. While you're there, be sure to check out some past conversations we've had with guests on a variety of parenting topics, and also look at our other resources that might help you be the more intentional parent that God would call you to be. We're talking today with Dan Seaborn, the director of the Marriage and Family Division of the American Association of Christian Counselors, and also author of the book we're talking about, Parenting with grace and truth. And Dan, during the break, I was telling you that my wife and I, in going through, we're in a Bible study right now in Genesis, and in going through it, we are often asking ourselves, just kind of on the side, I wonder what would have happened in this situation or that if if more grace had been extended. Or, on the other hand, if, you know, so-and-so had held the line there and and followed the, the godly principle rather than giving in. And, you know, one example that comes to mind, Noah, uh, when he uh, had the problem with, uh, with his son Ham, who saw his father's nakedness and went out and told his brothers about it, Noah cursed Ham's son Canaan. And, and I've always wondered what would have happened to history if instead Noah had corrected him and restored him rather than, you know, passing this curse along. And there, there are a lot of other, you know, things that go on. And, of course, we don't get to see that side of what history would have been like. But, but what are your thoughts about this? To me, this all leans toward finding that balance between grace and truth. Yeah, it really does. And you're right. The Bible's filled with stories like that as you were sharing that. I was thinking of others. And, the, and then I found myself thinking this. It's really easy to look at, like Noah in that situation, and look at those stories and say, what was wrong with them? Why didn't they think right there? And then bring it into our world and go, wait a second, I do that same thing. Yeah. I am quick to react. In fact, I had a parent, I do a parenting event, you know, and recently a parent said to me, if you could give one piece of advice, which is always a really tough question, <laughs> but when they said it to me, a thought came to my mind, and I, I really found myself going, that probably is one of the greatest pieces of advice I could give one any individual. And it would be this, make sure you remain the adult in the parent-child relationship. I I often find myself thinking, oh, man, when I walk away from a scenario I had with my children, et cetera, I didn't remain an adult there. In fact, my wife will say to me sometimes, I had a hard time knowing which one was the kid. (laughs) So I think it's really easy to fall in that category of of almost becoming a child ourselves. And so... I do think that a great tip and wise piece of advice is stop for a moment before we say something uh, that we will regret, that that we will regret, because 
it's so easy to let our mouth get ahead and our mind not work correctly. And so I, I want to be quick to say, God guide me in those conversations, because if I have grace and truth at a balance, uh, then probably I'll look very adultish in all the conversations I have with my mm-hmm. children. Adultish. That's, that's a new word. Adultish. That's, yeah. right. no, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's in the dictionary. Make up a word today. That's good. Uh, yeah. Your family uh, has what you called uh, and your wife calls uh, rules to die for. Uh, yeah. Exactly. What are, uh, you may have touched on this earlier, but what are rules to die for? Uh, why is it so important for families to have these in, in their homes? Well, Jane and I felt that in our home, uh, we needed to have some standards and guidelines that we said to our children, hey, mom and, mom and I are establishing this for us too. We believe our home needs to be established because of the very thing you talked about. The culture is so anti-family, anti-healthiness, mm-hmm. anti-good relationships that we said if we establish these little guidelines, we believe in the long run these are little things that will make a difference for keeping our family strong and close together. And by God's grace, that's, that's being proven out because I'm one of those people that says, grade my parenting, judge my parenting, how, how I'm doing in this area when my kids are 30, because that's when they right. fully matured, the frontal lobes fully developed. Yeah. And so these were these are some principles and guidelines that we believed as we looked long-term would really make a difference in our kids' lives. And that's why we established that in our home. Mm-hmm. And I tell parents, you know, because parents so often say, well, what were your five guidelines or five, six things? And I'm like, here's what I'd, I'd rather, instead of answering that, I would rather say, seek the Lord to show you what would be perfect for your home. Because every home, I think, looks different, and every parent parents a different way. Yeah. Um, culture used to support mom and dad in, in, in their parenting right. values and techniques, the TV, politics, the public school system. I learned about Jesus in my public school. It's not that way anymore. All of culture, which I call the other parent, is indoctrinating our kids that your mom and dad are just nuts. They're religious nut jobs. How do we overcome that as parents when we're not just, you know, fighting our kids uh, in in the course of raising them? We're battling the entire culture. We are. Well, you're you're the ones who spoke about how if you take this student down there at Shepherd's Hill and you put them through your program— Really, you re you reindoctrinate them to what truth really is. Right. And I believe as parents, what we're trying to do is establish those same guidelines and principles for our children. And that's one of the reasons at those five rules of the home. I believe our children see in those, and literally we'd talk about them at least once a week. I'd pull them in on the kitchen table. I'd talk to my kids about it. And over the course of the eighteen years of raising them, I trusted the Lord that the guidelines and standards that I had basically indoctrinated into their life would be the things that long-term they would stand by. So as parents, I, I tell parents all the time um, that, you know, your goal is just to continue to, to give the example by the way you live, but also teach the standards you believe are biblical. Mm-hmm. And then in the long term, uh, pray for your children to adhere to those standards. And they might have a time of waywardness, but they might. But I believe in the long run, those principles and guidelines we established in their lives, even when they were young, will come back. And That's right. certainly we all know the scripture that says it will. That's a proverb. It's not a. It's not necessarily a promise, but right. the fact that you know, if you train them up in the way they should go, then I believe they will come back to that. Dan, since our program is is aimed at parents of teens primarily, and certainly Shepherd's Hill is an, an institution that's dealing with troubled teens, is it ever too late to begin parenting with grace, truth, and the biblical worldview that we talk about here? If if parents are just hearing the program and they're going, "Wow, we sure didn't start off the right way." Is it too late for them to shift gears and uh, correct course? 
No, I, I don't ever think it's too late. And here's one of the reasons I think that. My dad is 87. I'm 56. And we had a horrible relationship. I mean, it was awful. And in the last five years, my dad and I have become, it's crazy. We kiss each other when we see each other. It's <laughs> crazy how God has restored that relationship. Awesome. And so I would say it's never too late. Any parent listening today who says, oh, Dan, my kids, they're already in their 30s. They, we have a terrible relationship. Well, I can tell you as a personal testimony from my own life, when my dad came to me, hugged me, said, hey, Dan, you know, sorry for many of the things I did. And I love you as a son. Good grief. The, the impact that had on my life was amazing. And so I would say to any parent listening today, uh, you are not too late. God is a God of redemption. And I believe if you start with little things, and I love that about your program, I can tell, listen to you guys, that you give people practical, simple guidelines. Take one idea, one thought from our program today and go and apply it in your family life and see how the Lord will use that. It may take time, no question about it. But I believe as you're faithful to that, the Lord can use simple little things to begin to turn corners and help families come back to a restored relationship. Amen. And I want to just, I know we're out of time, but one more quick question, because I think this issue can be a little confusing for people. Uh, Dan, do you see discipline itself for, for, for a kid as an act of grace in and of itself? No, absolutely. And, you know, we haven't even talked about this aspect of what we do here at Winning at Home, but in our society, as you two gentlemen know and see, um, the the type of disciplines we had as children uh, has really become somewhat called abuse, and and I think there are elements of it that that's true, but I think other elements of it uh, is a little over the top. I believe that, you know, society is moving away from any type of punishment, and I think that can be detrimental to the life of a child. And so at our offices here at Winning Home, we actually have 17 licensed professional counselors who we meet with kids and families all day long. And we see the results of helping them establish godly discipline and guidelines in their home. We have parents who are writing us letters saying, thank you, we didn't know how to do it. So, Mm -hmm. by the way, people can go to our website and read some of the things our counselors give guidance to in areas of parenting. But I do believe that the, the issue of discipline is huge and it's important and we are becoming a very undisciplined society so of course we don't want to hear about discipline but as christian and godly people we know that the lord corrects us for our good Mm -hmm. and we must continue to correct our children for their good no doubt dan just mentioned his organization again it's called winning at home and you can connect with dan online find out more about that ministry and in fact see those tips that uh, the counselors there are providing online at winningathome.com dan uh, seaborn is the director of the marriage and family division of the american association of christian counselors he's founder of the organization winning at home and author of the book we've been discussing parenting with grace and truth and uh, by the way, you can find his books on Amazon, ChristianBook.com, LifeWay.com, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, most likely wherever fine books are sold. Dan, thanks so much for carving thank out some you, time for us today. We appreciate it. Well, thank you both for the ministry you're doing and for the difference you're making in the kingdom. And bless you there at Licensed Parent, but also what you're doing at Shepherd's Hill. Thank you so much, and may the Lord continue to bless your ministry. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan. too, brother. And, of course, this is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Remember that the work we're doing here on Licensed to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy. 
Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis and for their families. And you can help that work continue through your tax-deductible gift that keeps this program on the air and provides scholarships to families who can't afford residential care. That'll help them get the help they need for a teen who may be one step away from jail or one step away from the grave. Please help today. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. Again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our program coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazzino. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your Licensed to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.